It is a privilege to be one of his servants today, tonight. I want for us to turn our Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 2, please. Let us all stand. Nehemiah chapter 2. They would come when we will leave this body. Each one of us would leave this body and go. You know, but the things we do for God, that is what will last. So I encourage you to seek the, the Lord's face and, and see what God wants for you to do. In the book of Nehemiah chapter 2, I'm reading from verse 18. Verse 18, chapter 2, the book of Nehemiah. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he has spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? Then answered I them, and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants will arise and build. But you have no portion, no right, no memorial in Jerusalem. Our Father, our God, we bless your most holy name tonight, O God, for there is no other God beside you, Lord. I worship you, O Lord. I bow before your sovereignty tonight, O God. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, to bless your people here. You know each one of them, their hearts, O God. You know those who are saved, those who are not saved, O God. I pray, God, it be your will, Lord, to bless them tonight, Lord, and to, to save a soul according to your will, Lord Jesus. We seek your divine unction to minister your word. I can't do anything, Lord, except you give me the strength, the ability, and everything, O oh Lord, that is needful. I rely solely upon you, my Lord. May you bless your people here tonight. May you undertake in every way. May your spirit lead us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have a seat, please. The subject tonight is entitled, The Need Before Us. Here we see a group of people that is led by a man of God, a man who is full of faith and trusting God. He's attempting to do a great work for God, and through God's grace, he expects that he's going to succeed in the venture. Sometimes as we need to look into our own selves, I remember when the Lord called me to preach, I was just in the church for less than a year, but I had the zeal inside of me, and I wanted to do things for my God. I was so full of zeal. I, uh, God had blessed me so much, bringing me out of that, that kind of life that I was living in. And he had brought me into his light, and I was so full of zeal. I was not just content with being a member sitting in church. I saw, even as last night, the text I read, the, the fields were ripe Mount Harvest. And I wanted to, I wanted to do so much for, for my Lord. And I spoke to my pastor and I told him, I said, Pastor, I, I believe the Lord is calling me to preach and I want to go out and do something more than what I'm doing here in church. And I went and started a mission work out of the church there. And when I went there, 
I sold my property, my house and everything and moved down to a remote village. And I, I, I told myself, I promised myself, I said within one year, I am going to build or begin building a church. And I started a ministry. I met a man. He gave me under his house to keep a service. And I started the service there. When it was September the 30th, the last day in that month, I remember, when I had not started the building yet, and on that last day I went, I was a building, building contractor, I went and I lined up the building, I pulled out all the lines and all these sort of things, marked out the footings and I started on that church building. Exactly one year after I promised the Lord that I was going to there was no way I could have built that building. I had no money. I had no friends. I had no church affiliates. And none of them. And I mortgaged my home. I mortgaged my home. And I started to build that church building. It was a labor that I undertook. Having full confidence that God was going to take up. Just like what we are reading here about this man, Nehemiah, as we'll get into it. When I, I, I saw this group of people here led by a man of God, full of faith and trusting God, I thought of what God had led me to do as a young preacher. And that was not the only time. I did the same thing again, except I didn't have to mortgage my house to build another church building. But um, when we look at this here, in our text, we see that the situation that existed at Jerusalem at that time, it was not a very pleasant one for the Jewish people. Many of the Jews had returned to Jerusalem and having been taught by Ezra, they were aware of the responsibility they had of worshipping the true God, Jehovah. Now, while Ezra had accomplished the spiritual establishment of the new community, Nehemiah had succeeded in giving it physical stability. As the king's cabbearer, Nehemiah, he had learned that the community in Judah was in great affliction. He then succeeded in having himself appointed as governor in Judea with the authority and the resources to rebuild the city walls. In his effort to rebuild the walls, he encountered enemies who forcefully stood against him. But because of the man that he was, and because of God's grace upon him, he was able to accomplish the work that he had set out to do, which was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He had completed that in 52 days. Beloved brethren, he met many challenges, but he was always able to withstand them. I have been through some of these things. I know I met many, many challenges by God's grace. But by God's grace, I was always able to withstand them. But in every case here, as we look at Nehemiah, he met those challenges with courage and wisdom and an invincible determination to fulfill and complete the task for which God had called him. In spite of everything that the enemy threw at him, he still was a very successful man, working for the Lord, attempting to do great things for God, expecting that great things would come out of what he had attempted to do. And as we see from the account this man, if you study the book of Nehemiah, you would see that he accomplished great things by God's grace. 
Sometimes we try to ask ourselves, was he a superman? He was, he was not a superman, he was an ordinary man like you and I. But there were certain characteristics about Nehemiah that the Bible reveals to us. So let us look into this man for who he was. These characteristics that the Bible reveals to us about him, to a great extent it shows us why he succeeded in his particular calling of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah's great work was rebuilding the walls and restoring that city to its former state and dignity as a fortified town. But this was only possible because of God's grace. Looking at the man, first of all, we see that he was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer. If you go back to chapter 1, and you look at verse 4, it says, And it came to pass when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. You look at chapter 2, verse 4. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. If you look at chapter 4 and verse 9, Nevertheless we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. This man, Nehemiah, was a praying man. And if we are to attempt to do great things for God, we are first of all to acknowledge God as the one who is in control of everything. We are to look to God and expect that God is the one who is going to bless us, to give us whatever that is needful to accomplish what we believe He has called us to accomplish. This man, as I mentioned, he spent four months in prayer before he made his request known unto the king. In Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 1, it tells us it was the month of Chislew. And in chapter 2 verse 1, it says they had arrived to the month of Nisan, which was, that was four months. It, it corresponded with the half of November to the half of December to the half of March to the half of April. Four months this man spent in agonizing prayers. For the Bible says he mourned and he wept and he fasted and all these sort of things. Sometimes, beloved brethren, it takes a lot out of us. But praying, praying is something that I believe the, the best time we can enjoy prayer is when we are by ourselves. When I'm by myself, that is when I really worship my Lord and of course, I pray publicly and stuff like that, but uh, I love to be by myself praying. I would pray aloud. Sometimes I wish that my wife is not even there when I'm praying. I just want to do it by myself. I know that Bible speaks about if two agree, etc. But he spent four months. Think of the impression that should have upon us. I've heard someone said that persistency is the key to success. Jesus said it different. He said, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open." The Lord told us to be persistent in prayer. He told us to be persistent in prayer. And I, I think of persistency being what it is, how it is a motivation for us to succeed. There was a case in Matthew chapter 15 where there was this woman who was a Canaanite woman. She had come before the Lord Jesus Christ. And she had cried unto the Lord and said, Have mercy upon me, 
Thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Her daughter was possessed with a demon. And the Bible says that the Lord ignored her. He didn't answer her a word. And then his disciples came to him saying, Send her away because she's crying after us. The Bible says that Jesus turned to her and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She came to Christ and bowed down and worshipped him and said, Lord, help me. Then Jesus said again, It is not fit for me to take the children's bread and feed it unto dogs. That sounded like a, an insult. But the woman acknowledged, she said, True, Lord, I acknowledge this. Yet the dogs eat from the crumbs that falls from the table. And so our Lord Jesus Christ, he was astonished by her feet. And he said, Great is thy feet. And the Bible says that the woman's daughter was healed that very moment. Persistency in the things you are doing. When you are attempting to do things for the Lord, I believe prayer is of utmost importance. And I'm not saying that prayer is going to change God. Prayer doesn't change God, I believe. But I believe that prayer molds us differently and makes us different. Prayer, the more you pray. Listen, you try this. The more you pray, you see how your, your, your life would change. Your life would become more like Jesus. Praying has, praying has so much effect upon a Christian. No one, even the Lord Jesus Christ himself showed the importance of prayer when he would go by himself. Sometimes when you read about Jesus Christ, listen, he, he didn't have to pray. But he, 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 he set the perfect example for us. He set that perfect example so that you and I could follow in the things in which he did. And so he, he showed, he impressed upon our hearts how important prayer was. This man, Nehemiah, he was a man of prayer. He was also, we would find, he was a very patriotic man. He loved his country. He loved his fellow citizens. Because the Bible tells us in chapter 1 that he inquired about his people. If you look at verse 2, he said, Then Hanani, one of my brethren, came, and he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province, they are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. This was his burden and his vision. And the Bible says that Nehemiah said, When it came to pass and I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. He inquired about his people. He had a burden for his people. They say charity begins at home. Last night I tried to impress upon your hearts the importance of having a passion for souls. You know how sad it's going to be that one day you look down from heaven and you see one of your loved ones in hell perishing with fire and just like the rich man begging that Lazarus dip his finger in water and come 
and wet his tongue because he was tormented in flames? Can you imagine what that is going to be like? Can you imagine when one of your own loved ones who you sit and have dinner with all the time, when they die, go to a Christless eternity? Nehemiah had a burden for his people. In his distress for them, he prayed for them, he wept. He wept. He mourned certain days. He fasted and he prayed for them. A deep burden. He prayed and then he acted upon his faith and his convictions. For the Bible tells us today that, that he, he just did not pray alone, but he went to the king. He went to the king as a king's cabrera, and it was, it could have been so de- detrimental to him by appearing in front of the king with a sad face, he could have been executed. But he was very sad when he stood before the king. And you will see that in chapter 2. Very sad there. And when the king saw his, his fallen face, he said, what is wrong? And Nehemiah explained the burden that he had for his people. Beloved brethren, he just did not pray. But he put feet to his prayer. While we should be praying people to get things done. We must pray. Yes, I know that. But the Bible tells us that prayer without, or faith without works, it is dead. And we are to put action into our prayers. You cannot be praying for your neighbor all the time. And you wouldn't even want to go across to her or him and talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. It is good to pray, beloved, and we should be praying. But prayer needs feet to them. You have to put feet to your prayer. As we find that Nehemiah, who went to the king, he went to the king, he made his request known unto the king in verse 5 of chapter 2. He said, If it please the king, if thy servant had found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldst send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. His burden was now expressed unto the one who could have helped him there. And so too, sometimes we have to do the same thing. And then we see, as he made his request known, the king granted him authority in verse 8, the latter part, and the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. See that? Even though the king was an instrument to give him that, uh, actually it was God who was guiding everything. When you attempt to do things for God, God will be there for you. You do what God wants to do, and God will be there. For the king granted him authority. So we see that he cared for his people. And also we find again that he was a persevering man. His calling was from God, and being fully convinced of this, he was determined to succeed, but notice he met with opposition. All, I remember one night, my family and I, we were sitting down in my house there. The church building was in front of the house, and we were sitting there having dinner. And suddenly we heard stones coming down on my roof. Someone had started stoning my house. And when I looked out, I saw a guy who lived about, about three houses away from me. And when he saw me watching out, he ran away. 
The next day I went to him and I told him, I met him, I said, why were you stoning my house? He said, well, you're a Christian. I said, but did, have I ever done anything wrong to you? He said, no. So why did you stone my house? I'm a Christian. You know, I prayed for that fellow and I kept on praying for that fellow. And that fellow came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Last that I heard, he was living in New York City. And he was a Christian. He had trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, beloved brethren, sometimes we will meet with opposition. We will meet with opposition. He met with opposition. Nehemiah met with opposition. They were powerful enemies. For we see chapter 4. It said, but it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we built the wall, he was wroth or angry. And he took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish with a burn? Now Tobad the Ammonite was by him and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down your stone wall. This man, Tobiah and Sanballat, these two fellows, there was another one called Gershom also. They actually brought strong opposition against Nehemiah. But Nehemiah knew that he was not standing alone. And even though he trusted in God, Nehemiah took certain steps that we too. First of all, we see he met the opposition in two ways. First, he sought God's help. This is how you and I are to react to situations that develop in our lives. We turn to God first. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. There was spiritual preparation. The Bible says in chapter 4 and verse 4 and 5, it says, Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for prey in the land of captivity. Cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. Nehemiah prepared himself spiritually in attempting to do great things for God. Listen, you have to be, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself spiritually. And then we see he armed himself and his people. He was also prepared physically. You see, sometimes... Sometimes we have to prepare. You cannot say that I am, I think I am going to preach for the Lord. I am going to witness to people and you do not prepare yourself. You must go through a process of preparation and that sometimes calls for diligent study. So you as a Christian, if you are to do things for God, then there are certain prerequisites. And those prerequisites, one of the main one of it is studying. We know you must pray. You must pray, you must make efforts, but it is important. It is important to have preparation as Nehemiah prepared himself. And then we see his mission being accomplished secondly here. Because of the huge burden and vision that God had placed upon Nehemiah, he went to the king, was successful in his requests, and now ventured out in faith to accomplish the will of God for his life. This will for his life, he believed, was a rebuilding of the walls. The walls were for the security and the physical protection of the people of God. They had God for protection, but they had a responsibility to also act wisely. This was Nehemiah's faith 
being put into action. Nehemiah was putting his faith into action when he says, God, I know you can give me everything I need, but I am going to build this wall. And here we find that he took steps. The walls were there. He were good, were needful. He took the steps that were needed to build that wall. Trust in God. The walls revealed the boundaries of safety also. That is why he saw the need for that wall. Now we see it opening up before us. Nehemiah had seen that there was a need existing. And that need was to have the walls of Jerusalem rebuilt so that the people of Jerusalem could have been protected, not only from those on the outside, but also to protect themselves from inside too. Sometimes you would find that walls would be put up in front of us. Sometimes, you know, for we have some young people here, sometimes you find that your parents would put walls before your fences, we can say in a more modern manner. Sometimes your parents will put fences up. Those fences are not because they don't love you. It's because they want to protect you. Right? Walls are used for protection. So too fences are used for protection too. So it was his burden for his people now. He was just putting his burden into action. He just did not say that he cared for his people. But he put his faith into action. He put his burden into action. He saw that there was a need. And that need was about to be fulfilled. Through him first of all seeking God's face. Then seeking help from the king. And the king blessed him. And then with help. And then he went on his way. Unto Jerusalem. Where we see now. He is going to accomplish his mission. But how was he going to accomplish that mission? As in every area of life. We must develop methods in whatever we do or attempt to do that we will have a measure of success. Remember, let us look at Nehemiah's method. He was, as I said, he was no superman, but Nehemiah trusted in God. He relied on God to help him in every way. But the first thing, as we noticed that with Nehemiah, he had had to have a caring heart for his people. That was the first thing. As we look at his entire method, first we find that he developed a caring heart for his people. Then he sought God's approval as seen in his prayer. And then we see that he got the king's approval upon what he was doing. So he received the approval of God first of all. Then he received the approval of the king. With that he received the help from the king. And so, the Bible says, with that help from the king, the king also gave him not only the wherewithal to build, but the king gave him authority when he got there. And Nehemiah went, then he made an assessment of the task that was before him and its requirement. And the Bible tells us after that he went to his people. And that is where sometimes you and I, when God calls us to do something, Sometimes we have got to look for talking with other people. I remember talking to my pastor. When I told my pastor, I said, God had called me into full-time ministry. He didn't too much like that because I used to be his right hand in the church. And um, he did everything he could have done to discourage me. 
But I told him, I said, I'm, not, I'm going to talk to another preacher. And I went and talked to another preacher. I didn't do it behind his back. And the other preacher told me, he said, listen, brother, if God called you to preach, no man could stop you. And that is how I was, they gave me a license, whatever that was, to preach. At the time, I didn't, I thought a license had some kind of weight with it. It didn't have any weight, of course, I didn't know. But um, I afterwards was ordained as a minister, and we had the work of God going on. But the thing is, I know that I had to take other people into my confidence. Just like Nehemiah went here, and he spoke to his people. The Bible says that he shared his vision with them in chapter 2, verse 18. It says, Then I told him of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he had spoken unto me. And the people's response, it said, Let us rise up and build, so they strengthen their hand for this good work. The reason why I decided to, to talk a little bit about this, this man tonight is because I know that our churches, not just here, but in a lot of different places, our churches, our kind of churches, what we believe is to be the Lord churches, we notice that a lot of them have become stagnant. A lot of the churches are dwindling away and becoming smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And I believe one of the reasons for this is because those of us who sit in the pew sometimes, we are very hesitant, very hesitant to attempt to do great things for God. Never underestimate yourself. Never ever think that I do not have it in me to do this. Don't think like that. Remember what Paul said in Philippians, Philippians 4.19, I think. He said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened me. There is a great need within our ministry. There is a need before us. And I'm praying that God would give you vision to see this need. That this need is clear before us. That we need preachers. We need people who would take up the gauntlet. This man is not going to live forever. Have you all ever thought about what is should something happen to him? What is going to happen? It is awfully difficult to get a good preacher now. And when I say a good preacher, I'm talking about a sound preacher. I'm talking about one who is sound in theology and practice. Not just sound in theology, but practice also. Lots of our preachers, they're falling on the wayside now. And my heart is burdened about this. I live in the Caribbean, but you all are living up here. And I see some able-bodied men in this church. I see some strong men in this church. And I believe you have been taught well. And if you have been taught well, you should be able to share what has been taught to you. The preachers, our, our responsibility is the things that we have learned to commit to other faithful men. And just as Nehemiah, Nehemiah was comfortable, I mean, he was the king's cabbearer. He had a position of authority. Yet he decided to leave all that and go out there and work for his people. Do the things that would bring honor and glory unto God. You young people tonight, the man of God Solomon said, 
in Ecclesiastes 12 and 1, he said, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. You're young, you're strong. You have the ability to remember. There are lots of things. We, When we get older, we can't remember. Sometimes I'm searching for a word and I can't find it. But while you're young, you do what you can do in the cause of Christ today. Nothing is wrong with wanting a secular education. But I'll tell you something. What you know about Jesus is what will last. So I would encourage you tonight. See that there is a need out there. This man, Nehemiah, accomplished because he trusted in God. I have no doubt that you, you trust in God. You're here tonight because you trust in God. I have no doubt about that. And it's not my place to judge you in any case about that. But if you do trust in God, where is your vision for this church? I want for you to think two years from now, five years from now, what do you see for Landmark Baptist Church here in Lyons, Georgia? Let no man despise our youth. You're young. But take up the gauntlet. Take up this gauntlet. And seek to do more things for Christ. Do not just be a person sitting in the pew there. You know you can do much more. Let us, beloved brethren, as we have looked upon this account of what Nehemiah's accomplished there, May God give us to a vision to see the need that is there before us. When I go back home, my God's grace, I am going back home on fire. This week that I spent here, it has revived me. I was a preacher, I know, but it has revived me. And when I go back home, I have lots of work to do. And I'm just praying that God would give me the health and give me the ability to do what I have to do. But we need a vision to build strong homes here. If you do not have strong homes, you will not have strong churches. As a matter of fact, the whole society will collapse. But you need to build strong homes. Men are to take their rightful places in their homes. Get back into Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands and wives and children and Ephesians the beginning of chapter 6. You all sit down and study the word together and see what a husband is or ought to be and what a wife ought to be also. One of the ways I, I look at a Christian woman is by the way how they obey Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. Wives obey your husbands in the Lord. Submit yourself unto your husband on the same basis as you submit yourself unto God. That's a hard thing, I know that. But we need to build strong homes and we need to build strong churches for the glory of God. Be a pillar of strength in your church. Someone who could be trusted by the pastor and others in the church as being dependable. And I know I'm talking a little bit much tonight, but Nehemiah trusted in God to accomplish. Who are you trusting in tonight? Your every area in life and your every effort through life is dependent upon your relationship with God. That is, you must be born again. What is your relationship with God? 
Not fellowship I'm talking about. I'm talking about relationship. Is he your father? Have you been born again? Are you washed in his blood? Do you see him dying on Calvary for you? Does Jesus rule in your bodies tonight? And you, Christian brother and sister, how is the church you belong to benefiting with having you as a member? I want for you all to think upon these things. How is the church that you belong to how is it benefiting with having you as a member? I know you're good people. What is your burden for tonight? Is there something that the Lord had placed upon your heart that you want to and should accomplish? Look at the man that Nehemiah was and think about your own self. I can do all things through Christ Jesus which strengthened me. Do not be just a quote-unquote part of the church. Be a worker for the Lord. That is what we're looking for. Jesus Christ, last night he said that, uh, pray therefore that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers. When he looked at the, when he looked at the, 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 the harvest field, the field out there, he saw that there was a sore need for laborers. And I would say in closing here tonight, do not underestimate yourself. You have strength, you have power that is far above what you can imagine. Jesus said in, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he says, Tarry here in Jerusalem until you be endued with power, and you shall be witnesses of me. That word power, from what I understand of it, we get it from the Greek word dynamis, from which we get the English word dynamite. And I want for you to imagine what dynamite is like. That is, that is something, just a human understanding of the power that you have. But I'm sure it is much more than that. So I want to encourage you tonight. Take up from the lives of people like Nehemiah in the Bible. And do not underestimate yourself. Attempt great things for God. And expect great results from God. We need preachers. We need people to preach. We need people to take up. Take up the gauntlet and following the steps of us older people. I look at my brother here, and I, I, I pray for him that God would bless him, and that he would stay here as long as God would have him, but bear in mind, he's just a human being just like I am. And sooner or later, when the trumpet sounds, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm praying for you all that you will not remain stagnant, but you would continue to grow in grace as you grow in knowledge. God bless you.